This is the Truth and Power Podcast with Ryan Edberg. Hey, this is Ryan Edberg, and you are listening to Truth and Power. I wanted to uh, let you guys know we're doing a bunch of youth conferences that are coming up. Um, before we get into this teaching, we've got um, a bunch of them, hopefully at a city near you. You can check out kingdomyouthconference.com. We try to do about 14 uh, 10 to 14 of them a year. Then also I go speak on the weekends at Truth and Power conferences. So if you ever want to have me come into your city or anything like that, um, let us know. You can email info at kingdomyouthconference.com and um, someone will contact you about that. Now I want to jump into um, Truth and Power today on the second part of the Holy Spirit. And we went through in the first uh, session. If you haven't listened to that one first, go back and listen to Holy Spirit number one um, before you listen to this one. Um, but based off of First um, Thessalonians one and five, it says, "For our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and in much assurance." Um, so we're looking at this as what is truth and power? What is that power part? It is the word mixed with your faith. Um, the power on the inside of you we went through in number one is not your power. It's God's power. It is bar- borrowed power. Um, him putting his spirit on the inside of you in the Holy Spirit. Um, Jesus uh, saying that it's good that I should go. For if I do not go, the Holy Spirit or the helper cannot come. And so we went through a, a lot of that. We went through um, that... Uh, how do you receive the Holy Spirit and some of that stuff? So today, let's talk about what the Holy Spirit does in your life. What does that look like? What does this power look like? I want you to um, look in Scripture real quick at John fourteen, and uh, let's start in twenty five. And it says, "These things I have spoken to you while being present with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you." all things, and bring to remembrance the things that I said to you. Um, jump into 1 John uh, 2.27, and it says, But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you, and you do not need that anyone teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things. And this is true, it is not a lie. And just as uh, as it has taught you, you will abide in him. Now looking at, we realize looking at this in Nehemiah, you can go in uh, to Nehemiah as well, 9, 19 uh, through 21st. And it talks about, all of these are, are talking about the Holy Spirit being our teacher, right? It also says in John where we first read the helper, right? Jesus calls him the helper. And so we know that the Holy Spirit is a helper he is um, our teacher. Um, we'll also look in uh, John 14, um, where we had just kind of looked at, but back up a little bit. Um, John 14, let's start in 15 and go through 18. It says that, um, if you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he dwells with you and we will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. 
If we look at that, we see that there's the helper that's coming. Um, if you look in um, the Amplified Version, verse 16, it says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, which is also comforter, advocate, intercessor, counselor, strengthener, standby, to be with you forever. Now we see here in Scripture that the Holy Spirit is promised to you forever. It's not going to be something that, um, you know, like the Old Testament comes on you and then leaves again, right? Now, because of what Jesus did, he can have that fellowship with us again and live on the inside of us. Now, um, your body becomes the temple of the Holy Ghost, it says, right? Um, and so that's why we want to take care of our bodies. We want to take care of and, and be mindful of some of the things we do because now it's the the holy of holies, right, is living on the inside of us. And so we realize here that there's so much more that that's happening. He's our, our comforter, our helper. A lot of people are saying, well, it's, that's not for today. This isn't for the... Well, you haven't read your Bible because it literally says he will come with you forever. He's not going to leave you orphans, but the comforter, the helper will be with you forever. Now, people are saying, wow, I get that, but... Um, prophecy will cease, uh, speaking in tongues will stop, all this stuff will stop. And I get the scripture that talks about, you know, where um, we see it in a glass dimly and it goes back and forth, but you realize it says when perfection comes. Well, if you look at this world, it's not perfect yet. And people say, well, the Bible is perfect. I agree with that, but that's not what they're talking about because if you think about it, Scripture, which is perfect, is telling you, the New Testament, how to use the gifts and how to um, you know, do them properly. And so when that's finally finished, now we don't need them anymore? That doesn't even kind of make sense. And you look at it, we know that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so he's not going to give you a gift and then pull it back. He's not going to change. And what it comes down to is it's selfishness because people think that it is their power. Well, you're speaking in tongues. That's selfish. You're giving a prophecy. That's No, it's not our power. It's the Holy Ghost. We can't do anything without the Holy Ghost. And it, this is a, a promise here in John 14 that the Holy Ghost is going to stay with us forever. You think he's going to change now and not want to function anymore? He doesn't want to do any miracles anymore. He just wants to sit on the inside of you, stay nice and warm, drink some hot chocolate. That's not what the Holy Spirit was meant for. That's not what this comforter was meant for. He was meant to move in power, right? You look in um, in Acts 1 and 4, we'll go through 8, it says, in the beginning, assembled together, and being, <laughs> and being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which, he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know the times or the season which the Father has put on his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. This is literally that power that I'm talking about. Go and wait there. Wait 
for Acts 2, right? And you're going to receive power, right? You're going to receive power. So we see that the Holy Spirit is our comforter. He's our teacher, but he's power, right? We've received power. Uh, what does that look like? How do we use that? Um, so many people want to argue about it. it's not for today. That's because they don't want to actually do something in life. It takes um, a lot of pressure on us if we're like, well, that's not for today. We don't have to do anything. Let's just sit back and wait for God to come, right? There, he wants us to go out there and be witnesses all over the world, right? But we can't do it on our own. We need that helper that, that Jesus said he's coming. It's good for me to go. Because if I don't go, he can't come. But when he comes, right, you're going to receive power. And we see that Jesus had, um, go with me really quick to um, John. And uh, John 20, 21 through 22. It says, so Jesus again said to them, peace to you. As my father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. Now, this will mess with a lot of people's theology because Jesus literally breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. But Acts 2 hadn't even happened yet, right? So Jesus is breathing out his disciples and then sending them out, right? And as he sends them out, they're going and they're moving in power now, right? We see Jesus said that you're going to do many more miracles than I do in my name, right? Why? Because you've got the Holy Spirit now in power. And so now it's not just me down here doing something. I'm going to go sit down at the right hand of the Father because I've paid it all. I said, it is good. It is finished on the cross. And now I'm going to go, but I'm not going to leave you orphans. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. I'm going to come down again as myself, as God, in the form of Holy Spirit to be in all of you. So now you can do many more miracles than I can do because I'll be in all of you now. Now I'm not just going to be in the body of Jesus Christ, fully God, fully man. I'm going to be in all of you, fully man. I'm going to put my spirit on the inside of you and you're going to receive power as it says and then you read the Acts 2 moment where the Holy Spirit falls and hits them with power. Now we know that we've received the Spirit without measure, but yet we see the stirring up of the gifts in Timothy when Paul says to stir up that gift that God's put on the inside of you. What does that mean? It means if you're not using your faith, we can be very numb to the Holy Spirit on the inside. It's like a muscle. And if you don't use it, it's not going to be as... Um, real to us, right? It's going to be there. He's going to be waiting to be used, but we're going to be too consumed with Netflix or too consumed with work or too consumed with everything and not as consumed with um, God wanting to move through us, right? So it says to take every thought captive, right? In scripture, it doesn't mean just to take the bad thoughts captive and throw them out, right? It does mean that, but it means to take the good thoughts captive too and meditate on them, right? Because in your mind is where everything begins, right? You have to first believe 
that the Holy Spirit exists. You got to believe that if I lay hands on the sick, they will recover. Why? Because scripture said so. And I wasn't left orphans. I was had the Holy Spirit put inside without measure. Now I'm going to stir up the gifts. And I'm going to keep that at the top of my mind because that's what's so important to me now, right? It says in uh, Romans 12 and 2, it says, do not be conformed to the world. What does that mean? Don't be like everybody else in the world, but be renewed in your mind, but be transformed from the inside out, transformed by the renewing of your mind. It means getting into the word every day that there's faith that rise up. That's that truth and power. You're getting into the word. Now you're putting your faith to it and there's horsepower behind it. The Holy Spirit wants to move in power now. So we see that he's the teacher. He's the helper. He's the comforter. He's also power right? You look in um, Matthew 10, 7 through 8. This is Jesus sending them again. He says, and as you go, preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. Freely you have received, now freely give. Now, you go back to um, Holy Spirit 1 that we taught on with the laying on of hands, there's a, a world out there that is dying and going to hell. There's a world out there that is sick. There's a world out there that needs deliverance. There's a world out there that needs healing and they need what you've got, that power on the inside. So freely you've received him, right? It was that free gift. Simon tried to purchase it and they said, you know, may your money perish with you because you tried to purchase this free gift. This is what it's talking about. Freely you have received, now freely give. You don't charge anybody for a miracle. You don't charge anybody to lay hands on it. Why? Because it's not your power. It's God's power. And he's trying to move through you in a big way. And this is what the church needs to get behind and move forward in power so that the, the world can see not debating Christians, but they can see um, Holy Spirit-led Christians. Christians moving in power. Christians that know who they are in Christ, know what was paid for on the cross, what Jesus was saying when he said, I'm not going to leave you orphans, but I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to you. I'm going to send the Comforter to you. And so we realize here that our job is just getting started, that we are supposed to be like Jesus in that he said, I'm not going to leave you orphans. I'm actually coming back to you so you can be like me because I'm going to come and live inside you. I'm going to be with you, right? And with Christ living on the inside of you, what is it that, you know, you can't do, right? Everything that's a promise in Scripture, I want, right? We see that there is a laying hand on of hands. We see that Jesus breathed on his disciples. We see there's a lot of different ways that um, that Holy Spirit just wants to be on the inside of people. And yet a lot of people want to debate and argue if it's for today, if it's even, you know, there. So a lot of people, we look at and we see, we recognize that the Holy Spirit is the teacher. Why? Because he says he's going to bring to remembrance everything that Jesus said. He's going to teach you all things. What does that mean? Also in scripture, it talks about um, you don't have to even plan or prepare 
or what you should say when you're in front of people because the Holy Spirit will give you words to say. Now, again, he's not going to take over your body and begin to possess you, right? Demons want to possess you. Holy Spirit wants to empower you. He wants you to believe that and then open your mouth and begin to speak, right? You know, you can sit there and say, well, I can't speak in tongues. And, and then you try and you're like, well, that's just me, right? Yeah, that is just you. Now put your faith behind it so that the Holy Spirit can change your gibberish into something powerful. He doesn't need you to articulate, right? He's using your words and now he's praying the most holy prayer and you'll feel something on the inside begin to shift and you'll have this horsepower of prayer behind you and you begin to move things, right? In the spirit, he's gonna pray for you and pray as you don't even know what to pray for. I want to pray like that, right? I want to pray with power. I don't even know what to pray half the time. I begin to pray and I say, you know, the five things that I know what to pray. And then I'm at a loss of what to say because I don't know what's happening tomorrow. I don't know what's happening in a month or a year from now. I don't know that there's a pandemic happening. I don't know that there's a virus coming. I don't know that my work's shutting down. I don't know that the economy is going to tank. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But if I pray in the spirit, I'm again praying a perfect prayer because God knows. And he's now moving in power using your your authority and your words and now moving things on earth as your faith would attach to it. You know, I often wondered why God didn't just, well, if it's the Holy Spirit praying, it's God. Why don't you just pray to himself, right? You have to go listen to the teaching on dominion that I did. Go listen to what God said when he gave Adam dominion and authority. He said what he was going to be over on this earth, right? God is in control and in empower of everything but gave dominion to man of earth and so he limits himself even jesus said the ruler of this world is coming talking about the devil why he took man's dominion jesus came back and stole it back to anybody that has jesus christ on the inside but jesus said the ruler of this world is coming but be of good cheer because he's got nothing in me and we begin to see this now with the holy spirit on the inside of us He's the teacher. He's the intercessor. He's going to pray through you. He's going to bring to remembrance whatever. He's the comforter. We, we realize that it's the joy of the Lord that's our strength, right? It's not my joy because my joy goes up and down all the time. My strength doesn't rely on my joy. My strength is his joy. And he's always joyful. He's always happy because God's never in a bad mood. Nothing's ever caught him off guard. He loves you and he's got a plan for you and a purpose. It's the joy of the Lord. That's your strength, scripture says. So he's your comforter. He's your helper. He's gonna uh, be through there and he's power. And sometimes we feel as Christians powerless, right? We feel like we need help. We feel like we don't understand anything. And yet we have the helper on the inside. We go to all these books and self-help classes with the helper living on the inside of us. We go and try to get educated in the word and, and that's not bad. We try to study, study, study when we've got the teacher on the inside of us. We try to go out there and find our joy through everything in the world when yet we have the comforter inside us. We feel helpless and powerless in a world of chaos when we've got the Holy Spirit who is power on the inside, when you go and he comes, you shall receive power 
it says. In Acts 2, we see that power. We see the disciples walking through life in power. We see people laying out um, sick people that just a shadow of the disciples would touch them and they would be healed. They were moving in power. You see Peter coming up to a man at the gate and saying, silver and gold, I have none. But what I do have, what I've freely received, I'm going to freely give you. In the name of Jesus Christ, get up and walk. He can't do that on his own. He can only do that with the power on the inside. And yet we have a whole group of Christians that feel powerless. They feel helpless. They feel no joy. They feel anxiety. They feel fear. They feel like they don't understand anything. When we literally have the teacher, the helper, the comforter, we've got the Holy Ghost power on the inside, but we don't acknowledge him. We don't believe him. We don't push into it. We don't pray in the spirit. We don't get to know our God. And so literally we sit there and we act like the rest of the world because we don't know that we have received power on the inside. Maybe you haven't received that baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's simple. It says to freely ask, right? Anybody that seeks will find. If they knock, the door will be open, right? All this scripture is pointing to us being filled and moving in power because God doesn't want us to just sit there and get beat up every day. God doesn't want the devil to walk around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Go listen to the teaching we did on the roar of the lion. It will encourage you, but this is how you can yell back at the roar of the lion is that Holy Ghost power on the inside of you just waiting to come forward and move through you. God is not done with you. He's not left you orphans, but yet we have to believe and we have to step forward, right? I can tell somebody that all you have to do is believe in your heart and confess with your mouth and you will be saved, just like scripture says. But yet if that person never believes in their heart and they never confess with their mouth, will they be saved? They've got the right information, but do they believe in what they're hearing? You can take what I'm hearing and put your faith to it and start seeing it in scripture and move forward. I didn't believe this stuff at first. And then I got this revelation of who God was. I got this revelation of the Holy Spirit and I started to mix my faith to it. And it's the first time in life I started to get results when I prayed. It's the first time in life where I've seen deaf ears open, where I've seen um, cancer leaves somebody, where I've seen people that couldn't have children before get pregnant, where I've seen all this stuff happen. And it wasn't until I realized that we have to go about um, the power of God the way that the word says it. If you try to get healed by going about it, well, I'm going to beg God to do this. It's called witchcraft. You're going to do something to get God to do something. I'm going to force God to do something by fasting. I'm going to force God to, to do something because I'm going to starve myself enough in fasting and prayer that God's going to say, you know, here I am. I'm going to, I'm going to answer you. Just go ahead. Just don't take another day off of eating. No, we fast because we want to put our body into submission, right? Jesus fast, not to get closer to God or get God to do something. He was fully God. He'd fast because he needed to tell his body no, because he was headed to the cross, there's all this stuff that we try to get the power of God in our lives without doing it the way scripture says. 
Oh God, if I beg you long enough, if I do, if I don't sin anymore and I go to church every single day, will you please heal me? God, if I, I try to, if I really do it this way, God, will you please do it this way? That's called witchcraft. If you're going to do something to get God to do something, it's really the ball's in your court, right? That's called the law. We need to get away from that and realize what Jesus said. It's a free gift. If you try to do it any other way by a free gift, you've done it wrong, right? Freely you have received, so freely give. Now we need to realize, just like Simon tried to purchase the gift and the disciples said, may your money perish with you. That is the same as saying that the law, right? May what you're trying to do to get this free gift perish with you. Because you're not, your heart's not right. You're trying to do something to get me to move. You're trying to guilt me into um, a miracle. You're trying to guilt me into healing. You're trying to guilt me into, well, they've done it good enough now. So I'm going to, I have to, um, I have to give them their healing now. When God has already paid for it, it's time to put your faith towards what God has already done. And the faith isn't, okay, now I believe it, it's going to happen. The faith is like Abraham, where it says that Abraham believed God was able to do what God said he was going to do, that he was fully convinced, even so much so that he was going up to sacrifice his son Isaac and take his son's life. And he said, I believe that God so much that even if I kill him, God can raise him up from the dead. How many of you need to kill something so it can live again, right? Believe the promises of God. God, I know that your word says this, and I'm fully convinced of my healing, so much so that even if I never get healed, I know that I'm healed. And that doesn't even make sense to most people. But when you get to that spot in your heart where you know without a shadow of a doubt, it manifests into the natural. It really does. And it's so much easier for non-Christians to get healed because they don't have bad teaching. It's more of the religious Christians that have been taught Christianity for so long. It's literally a modern day Pharisees walking around thinking, well, what do I got to do? What do I got to do? Look what I've done. Well, that's not the way that we've done it. That's not the way that I've done it for so long. And so it's literally... Um, witchcraft when we say, watch what I can do to get God to do something. I want to encourage you guys today, freely you have received, so freely give that Holy Spirit on the inside of you is not just there for some goosebumps and some shakes and rolling on the ground. It's there to move in power, right? It's there for you to go out there and be the hands and feet of Jesus. And so I want to encourage you guys today, um, to go back, listen to number one, listen to number two a lot on Holy Spirit because this teaching, if you get it, it will change your life. Go check out kingdomyouthconference.com. Check out all the events that we're doing all over the country. Um, again, you can go check out Ryan Edberg on Facebook. Um, I've got a page on there. I'll be speaking all over doing these Truth and Power events. If you um, have a church and you want to do a Truth and Power event in your city, um, just email info at kingdomyouthconference.com. Um, if you want to support our ministry and what we're doing, you can do that at kingdomyouthconference.com. Click donate up there. And um, we just appreciate you guys tuning in. Appreciate you guys um, following us and praying for us. Um, we're trying to do our youth conferences for free, and that takes partnership. And that takes um, 
uh, businesses and, and people of God stepping in. So go check that out. And thank you again for tuning in to another episode of Truth and Power. To keep up with everything Ryan has going on, go to KingdomYouthConference.com or follow him at Facebook.com slash Ryan Edberg Music.